It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we're going to talk about two things. One, this case of regression in Green Bay. Oh, the Packers, they're going to regress. They were really healthy. They won a lot of close games. Is that really a fair narrative? And then two, Doug Farrar, friend of the podcast, came out with his power rankings and put the Packers in a place that I think is somewhat unique to him and is not where a lot of the mainstream conversations would put Green Bay. I will offer my take on where the Packers fall. Hint, it is very similar to where Doug Farrar believes that they will be. But let's start with this conversation about regression. There are two main things in the NFL that regress over time, and that is injuries and close game winning. Say, oh, the the Seahawks are so great at winning close games. It's their MLP, Carroll, Russell Wilson, a great defense. Terrific, tremendous, except in the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson era, they are 500 in close games per Ben Baldwin at The Athletic. They do not get lucky any more often than anyone else, and they do not have this innate trait that allows them to win more of these close games. The Patriots, in a given season, they might lose a bunch of close games the next year. They win a bunch. It is a volatile statistic. So when a team wins a bunch of close games, the questions become, can they sustain this? Is the reason that they won so many games last year because of this close game win percentage. Now, the other part of this that I think is talked about less because it it is often harder to quantify is this idea of injuries. And I think it is common, even among Packer fans, to say, oh, well, the Packers were really healthy last year. And I think that's because Aaron Rodgers was healthy Aaron Jones was healthy. Zadarius Smith was healthy. Most of the best players on the team were really healthy. It's easy to forget Devontae Adams missed a month. 
Corey Lindsley missed time. Kevin King missed time. And a number of David Bakhtiari started the season hurt. Kenny Clark was hurt to start the season. And while, you know, the amount of time missed varied, over the course of the season, they were actually middle of the pack in a stat that Football Outsiders calls adjusted games lost. And they lost more than 21 games at receiver over the course of the season. They lost 15 games at offensive line. Those are important positions. 18 games at defensive back. Remember, Darnell Savage missed considerable time last season. Those are crucial snaps. And so that the Packers were middle of the pack. They were the 14th healthiest team. So dead set in the middle. That they don't have to worry about a regression to the mean, which is right where they were. But it could get worse. I mean, there's no question they could have been like the Chargers who you know lost 100 games plus to injuries. Or, you know, the the... Jets, who lost the most in the league, 160 games. Now, one of the problems for Green Bay is the 49ers were one of the most injured teams in the league last year. 95-plus games lost, adjusted. Green Bay was at 65. And some of the other teams in the NFC, Philadelphia was, was further down the line than they were. If the 49ers are much healthier than they were, they could be better. So that impacts... The, the hierarchy in the NFC, but the, the Vikings are on the other end of the spectrum. The Vikings were the healthiest team in the league by a considerable margin. 25 adjusted games lost, none at quarterback, one at tight end, fewer than five everywhere but receiver and defensive back. They were incredibly healthy last year. Add in the talent that they lost, no Stephon Diggs. They lost both their starting corners. They don't have good depth at their offensive line positions. Who knows what Dalvin Cook is going to be. He gets hurt every season. So if you have less talent and you are likely to regress from an injury standpoint, if you are likely to be a more injured team in 2020, they really can't possibly be any less injured. Then the likelihood of a regression from Minnesota is considerable, even if the advanced metrics say that they were actually better than Green Bay last year. That you look at point differential, you look at DVOA, you look at the Pythagorean expected outcome, they were a better team than Green Bay. All the advanced metrics said so, except the final wins and losses said otherwise. And of course, the two games where those two teams matched up said otherwise. The Vikings are one of those teams that I see regressing in a serious way. Now, the Packers are likely to regress. And one of the reasons is the close game problem. Now, 538, we've talked about this many times on this show. They wrote about this. And in terms of win probability, Green Bay didn't have very many 50-50 games. They had a bunch of games that were close late, but games that, that they controlled most of the contest. Really, just that first Lions game was the weird one. Aaron Rodgers' outlier first half against the Lions in Week 17 was made up in the second half by a pretty good performance. The big touchdown passes to Lazard and Adams, and then you know the, the call on the screen to Aaron Jones, it evens out. That is a great case for regression. Meanwhile, the Seahawks were one of those teams that won a bunch of close games that were 50-50 games, that were coin flip games, even the 49ers, who had a great point differential. 
they won a lot of close games as well. So I do think Green Bay will regress. They will not be a 13-win team in 2020 in all likelihood, not with the schedule that they have. That's another problem that they face is they're playing a first-place schedule. It's already difficult because of the extra divisions that they're playing. They get the AFC South and the NFC South, and there are some really good teams in there. And you got to go play San Francisco, and that adds a degree of difficulty to getting to 10, 11 wins. So just by schedule, they had a pretty easy schedule last year. Just by schedule, they should regress a little. I don't actually think that the close win problem is a problem per se because of what we talked about, because the win percentage was never really in doubt. These were games that Green Bay mostly controlled. You know, Washington is a great example. They go up early in that game. They coast. And that game was never really in doubt until late, late, late. And and so that ends up being an uninspiring win, but it was a game that really they controlled. Some dumb plays here and there. You clean those things up, and now suddenly you're fighting off regression. I wrote earlier in the offseason that if Aaron Rodgers improves his play in year two in the offense, if he plays better, that is one way to stave off regression. If this defense takes a little bit of a next step, Rashawn Gary turns into something, and Jair Alexander takes the proverbial next step, Darnell Savage turns into not just a guy who could be a pro bowler, but someone who plays like a pro bowler. Those are ways you stave off regression, but unfortunately for the Packers and for a lot of teams in the NFL, progress is rarely linear. You're rarely going, okay, 6-9-1 and one, to 13-3 and three, to 14-2 and two in a Super Bowl. It, it rarely works like that. Usually you do have to build your way up. It's, it's not the case that you can just all of a sudden in one season turn everything around and win a Super Bowl. That is pretty rare in the NFL. The Chiefs lost in the AFC Championship game two years ago. They come back and win the Super Bowl. Now the 49ers, a little bit different. They were a worst-to-first type story. They were not good two years ago, and all of a sudden they come in now – you add Jimmy G, you add Nick Bosa, you add D Ford, and that changes a lot. Changes a lot in what's going on. Now, Jimmy G was not added, but he was healthy finally. And they had a pretty good team two years ago, but when you have Nick Mullins at quarterback, it can only get you so far. So, you know, the, the Packers are not going to go all of a sudden, okay, well, everything's going to be great. They're a 13 and 3 team again. No, no. So they, they will have to stave off regression, but I don't think it's the death knell that has been said when it comes to what is to be expected of the Packers this year. And candy is often the death knell of a healthy diet. You get a little bit, and all of a sudden, all you want is a lot more. So find food that tastes delicious, that's good for you, that's Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It comes in 16 amazing flavors, all covered in 100% chocolate. Built Bar is healthy, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. They're having a huge sale. So go to BuiltBar.com. Check out everything that they have there. Get your fix of quarantine foods because your body needs that energy and your brain, your taste buds, they need that good tasting sugar, that good stuff. It's like a little shot in the arm for your quarantine.
Today's episode is also brought to you by the U.S. Army. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do it than at the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself what's your warrior and text ALPL to 462-769 to find out. That's ALPL to 462-769. So Doug Farrar, who is not a clickbait guy, he is friend of the show uh, and my former colleague at SI, he put together his list of the top teams in the NFL, a summer power rankings. And while Green Bay is is somewhere in that like four to seven range on most lists in the NFC, they're rarely in the top 10 of the league as a whole. And that's what makes this list particularly interesting to me. Doug has the Packers at seven in the league. And that, frankly, feels right to me. Until we see a different version of the team than we saw last year, until we actually see the leaps that they make, I think that is a fair ranking. And this is part of the conversation that we were having last year around this time. I said, look, I think the Packers are much better than their record were last year. And I think with the additions that they have, they're a talented team. They're, they're a potentially a good team. But until we see it, we can't be sure of it. Well, we can take that to the next level. I think the Packers are a good team. Are they an NFC contender again this season in a very crowded NFC? That is the step that we need to see to believe. We need to see them take the next step to be the team that has a win total that is reflected by its point differential and its DVOA and its advanced metrics. A team that, because wins can be a deceiving metric of team quality, it's, it's important to have some of those other underlying fundamentals. Even while the Chiefs were scuffling a little bit last year and you know Mahomes is hurt, they had good underlying fundamentals. They are, as you would expect, Doug's number one team. He's got the Ravens number two, hard to quibble. The 49ers number three, hard to quibble. I think there's a pretty clear drop-off after that. New Orleans is at four. There are a lot of questions I have about New Orleans, not the least of which starts with number nine under center. If Drew Brees misses time again, they do not have Teddy Bridgewater. They have Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. I don't think their offseason acquisition of Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a huge boost for them, but it will certainly help them. It provides a veteran receiver, and Drew Brees is still as accurate as any quarterback in the league. He's still playing at an extremely high level. And at this point, he is playing better than Aaron Rodgers. Now, it helps that he has a, a virtuoso coach, that Sean Payton is one of the best offensive minds of his generation. That is certainly a factor. But Drew Brees is just playing better. And that doesn't mean that I would rather have Brees in a playoff game. That doesn't mean that I think he's got a better career or is a better player full stop, but is playing better than Aaron Rodgers. This is that same prove-it mentality. Rodgers has to prove it again. We've got to see it. We've got to see that consistency come back. So until further notice, the top two teams in the NFC are New Orleans and San Francisco. Now, we thought the top two teams in the NFC last year were New Orleans and San Francisco. And yet, 
it could have been Green Bay with the number one seed if the Seahawks gain one more yard at the end of the year. And New Orleans loses in the first round because they have to play a first round game against the Vikings. And the Packers, meanwhile, get a bye. So this is this is fingernails difference in the the way that a postseason plays out. If Green Bay is playing that first-round matchup against Minnesota, who knows? It's really hard to beat a team three times in a row, especially a team that knows you so well and a team that you have such history with and a team that really fought you hard both games. Green Bay jumped out to that early lead in the first game, but then they were really dominated for the other three quarters in that game. And Green Bay, they came out really poorly against Minnesota in Minnesota. It took Zadarius Smith going absolute God mode in that game to get a win. And then Aaron Jones seals it with the long touchdown run. But that was a one-score game most of the day. And Aaron Rodgers throws the interception. Aaron Jones has the fumble. I mean, they didn't play great in that game. It could have easily gone the other way, and that would have had a fundamental difference in the NFC playoff picture. So the Packers were the two seed last year. They won 13 games. We do not have to delude ourselves. We do not have to be disingenuous about this conversation. The Packers were not a 13-win team last year. They won 13 games, but they were not a 13-win team. They were a 10-win team, 11-win team. And they can be that again, and they could be better. But, again, we have to see it. So Doug has Tampa at five. I am dubious of Tampa. They are another team, one of the healthiest teams in football. They were, in fact, the second healthiest team in the league last year. Their defense is really hanging by a thread if Shaq Barrett gets hurt or Levante David gets hurt. And they don't have great depth at corner or in the secondary. Todd Bowles is a genius. He is a wizard. We've talked about him many times on this show. I love Antoine Winfield Jr., who they added in the draft. But I am dubious that the defense can recreate the work that it did went from one of the worst defenses in the league to one of the best and all-time good run defense. I have a hard time seeing them repeat that. This is the regression that we talk so much about. And then Tom Brady... I just don't see the fit there. You have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, guys, who are down the middle of the field type players, down the sidelines. They are downfield targets. Tom Brady does not want to sit, wait, heave. He wants to get the ball out quickly. They don't really have that in their passing game. O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, they're not that kind of player. Rob Gronkowski, who knows what they're getting from Gronk. So, yeah, there's talent on this team, but... This is, you have to prove it. You have to prove it. Because Jameis, for all the interceptions he threw last year, also created a ton of big plays. He created a lot of value. It's the reason that EPA really still liked him because it was a no-risk-it-no-biscuit for real Bruce Arians kind of offense. He threw a lot of picks, but he also threw a lot of touchdowns, created a lot of big plays. Tom Brady's not going to throw the picks. He's also not going to create the big plays as often because he's not going to be willing to sit in the pocket behind a mediocre offensive line and take shots. And against the Saints twice a year, with Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport bearing down on him, is he going to stand in the pocket with Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, and Kenny Clark bearing down on him? Is he going to stand in the pocket, deliver, and throw? They're the offseason winner because of Tom Brady and Gronk, I guess. But I am very dubious 
that this is something that's going to work out. Are they a nine-win team, a ten-win team? Yeah. Are they a wild card team? Yeah. Would it would they be a scary wild card team coming to Green Bay on wild card weekend if Green Bay gets the three? Because by the way, the way this works out, if New Orleans and Tampa are both, you know, if they're four five, only one of them can get the home playoff game. And now the seven teams complicates that obviously, but not really in this case because it's still the division winners. And only one of those teams can win their division. So Tampa at five is too high for me, but I understand that that is the upside for this team if you think it can work out with Brady. Now the sixth team, uh, I have questions. It's the Bills. And I understand the defense was great last year. They add Stephon Diggs. They were a playoff team last year. Sean McDermott is a really good coach. I have a lot of respect for Sean McDermott. The quarterback is still Josh Allen. Still Josh Allen. And even if Aaron Rodgers has regressed, he's still not Josh Allen. And yeah, okay, they have Stephon Diggs. They have John Brown. They've got some some backfield weapons. Devin Singletary. They drafted Zach Moss. It's not like it's a loaded explosive offense. It's not because Josh Allen holds them back. And they're a defense that has a really talented secondary you know, Trey White is one of the best corners in the league, if not the best. You've got Micah Hyde and Jordan, po- Jordan Poyer on the back end. But their pass rush, not going to scare you. Jerry Hughes is a million years old. They add A.J. Epinesa. They have Mario Addison. But it's not a pass rush that is really going to you know, dominate the line of scrimmage on a consistent basis. They're a very good run defense because Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, A.J. Klein comes in. This is a good defense for sure, but I think they're a little bit thin and I just don't trust Josh Allen. So I would have Green Bay at six. After that, I think there are a bunch of teams that that Green Bay has consistently been behind in these kinds of polls. The Titans, the Cowboys, you know, Doug has the Cowboys at nine. And I think part of that is because he's never been a big Mike McCarthy fan, uh, for being honest. But He's got the Vikings at 10, the Seahawks at 11. I don't understand the Seahawks' love. I really don't. Uh, they, again, were super lucky last year and got worse. So why are they better? And they play in a division that got significantly better this offseason. So I don't I don't quite understand that. And, and Doug has the Eagles 16th, which is, whew, that is a little bit of a hot take from Doug, although obviously he believes it. He, he puts in the work as much as anyone um, I, I'm with Doug on this one. I, I think they're a little bit overrated. Um, uh, he has Arizona in front of them. I would not do that, but I guess I understand it, um, the talent that they added. Regardless of the narrative that's out there, the Packers are very much still in the upper echelon in the NFC, and I know that that fan skepticism can be a, a hell of a drug and that it's like in the NFL draft season if someone is the number one pick or a top draft pick we spend all offseason nitpicking why they're not really that. And I think a lot of Packer fans, we've had a lot of time to decompress, a lot of time to think about it. The draft did not go uh, the way that a lot of people expected and a lot of people hoped. And there was no mini camp, there was no OTA, so no one got to see anything. We didn't get to see A.J. Dillon. You know, some a couple reports, oh, Josiah DeGuara looks awesome in minicamp. Oh, A.J. Dillon is running. He looks so fast at OTAs. Jordan Love's arm flying around the field. 
that would make you excited again. Instead, there's just a lot of skepticism. And it grows, and you go, well, but I don't know about this, and I don't know about that, and Kevin King, and Alan Lazard, and well, what about Lane Taylor, who, by the way, another player who was lost for the year early on. That's a starter. The fact that Elton Jenkins came in and was good is not the point. The Packers built their team that allowed that, which means they're a good team, but they still had a serious injury at a starting offensive lineman position. That is a killer blow for a lot of teams. It wasn't for Green Bay. That's important to point out here. But I guess the the, the point in all this is to say Green Bay is still a very good team. And that seems to get lost. It seems to be lost by the national narratives. It seems to be lost by the betting markets. It seems to be lost by an, a, analysts and even some Packer fans who are going, yeah, this team, eight wins, nine wins. Well, maybe. Maybe. If they get really hurt and they have a couple bad breaks and Aaron Rodgers misses time or something like that, I mean, that that is the scenario. And no team can weather those kinds of bad luck stretches. I mean, if you're one of the most injured teams, it's not a coincidence that most of the teams at the bottom of the, that list, the most injured teams, that they were bad last year. Not a coincidence. Because the, the margin is pretty small in the NFL. The difference between one starting lineup and another is not that great. The difference is depth. And, and then, of course, talent at the top. You've got star players and you've got depth and you've got a very good team. If you've just got one, you've got an okay team. And if you have neither, you're a bad team. So if you get hurt, then you're, you're making that worse because if you've only got stars and no depth, then a star gets hurt, you're in trouble. And if you have depth but no stars, you have a couple injuries and all of a sudden you don't have that virtuoso talent that can lift up everyone around you and now you're in trouble again. Before we finish up here, I want to remind you the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash Black Lives Matter. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer 
bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right we're gonna be back tomorrow as our off-season work presses on major league baseball looking like it's back so that's a positive sign And uh, a lot to monitor here. We talked at length yesterday about the coronavirus and how it could impact sports. We'll see. Baseball will be back here soon. And uh, apparently the PGA Tour is making announcements about, you know, the PGA Championship is going to be played at Harding Park in San Francisco without fans. This without fans model seems to be how this is all going to work. But the NFL has a unique problem in that it's a it's a team sport. You got to have all these guys be healthy. A golfer just needs one guy to be healthy. A football team needs 50 plus. So. This is something that they're going to have to figure out. We're going to see baseball will be a better proxy than basketball. You know, basketball, 10, 12 guys are going to be on the roster. And we're already seeing basketball players, NBA guys saying, nah, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do the restarts. It's not worth it. I've got, you know, free agency in one case, or I've got, you know, a family issue in another. It's just not worth it. I'm not going to risk it. I'm going to, I'm going to go be with my family and you cannot pay me. I'm good. A lot of those guys make so much money that they can do that especially some of the teams that are on the fringe. It's like, well, if you're on the Wizards, why are you even bothering going? Like, you're not going to make the playoffs. So hopefully the NFL gets a chance to learn from some of this stuff. Uh, It would just be nice to know that they had a plan. So we'll see if they do. Uh, Your daily reminder to wear a mask. It saves lives. And to take care of each other. It's so important that we do that in this time. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe wherever you find podcasts. It really does help us spread the word and get the word out to you, your friends, everyone else about what we're doing here. It's the easiest way to make sure you never miss an episode. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.